Hello and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the debut album from Pom Pom Squad called Death of a Cheerleader. of the first intro and then the beginning of the second song head cheerleader and it really captures sort of the dual the mashup nature of this album which is the 60s motown mr sandman kind of girl group sound with the more rocking indie rock like grungy sound yeah grungy but with really polished production Mm -hmm. so it has a real high sheen on it along with really crunchy guitars and it's a great combo and it's sort of like oh if this you know if this were the future of pop music which it seems like that intro is very much like ah, i want this to be popular music this isn't supposed this is supposed to be accessible and i think uh the lead songwriter mia baron uh these songs are very immediate it's just about these feelings of being young and in love and not 100% comfortable in your skin, but trying to figure it out and having a lot of energy doing it. And they're all very dramatic and very cinematic. And she's 23. And some of these songs were written even when she was a teenager herself. So you definitely feel that the immediacy of the adolescent emotions on this record. Yeah, it's I I feel like, yeah, this is that sweet spot of someone who is young. Has I guess she's put out a couple of EPs mm-hmm. before this album. So she's had a little bit of time to kind of work out her sound and collect great musicians around her. So this, the core four-piece band, along with a bunch of, you know, various, oh, I need a guest to got vibraphonist. And, oh, hey, Illuminati Hotties likes me. <laughs> Maybe they can produce the record. Yeah, so Sarah Tudzin of Illuminati Hotties was the pro- co-producer along with Mio Baron. Yeah, so it's yeah super polished and just a super fun record. And these songs are very efficient. Like this song, just over three minutes, is one of the longest on the album, which is yeah, the, fantastic. The whole record is only 30 minutes and change. Yeah, so I am a big fan of that and just full speed ahead. And we go right, f- I think, from this very rocking song into a little bit of a tonal shift. And you'll have to get used to those, I think, on this record. On this next track, it's called Crying. I'll make a game of breaking promises 
starts out with really lush strings. The credits on this song are for violin, cello, and harp, and there's also additional guitar and vocals. And then it switches over to this more rocking sound, and then the part we played here in the middle sort of merges those things together with all of the weird distortion and distorted strings and backing vocals in the chorus. Yeah, there's this yeah ongoing project of finding different ways to combine these almost classic sounds and the very noisy rock. And it's gives Mia Baron a great playground for her exercising her voice where she's able to just be over the top melodramatic with these choruses. And I love structurally how this song, it's fairly simple, but then the first chorus, she just says it twice. Second chorus, she says it like four times. And then the third chorus, it's like maybe eight or ten times. Just it, It's so over the top that I feel like, yeah, there's a little bit of self-awareness here of someone, like, I, I feel like this is someone looking back maybe a few years and like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of an annoying teenager and kind of maybe push people away and then like, wait, why am I alone after pushing everyone around me away? And, and when people did love me, even doubting that, and it's so pure and yeah just the right amount of self-awareness where she's really feeling it and it feels so immediate but with just enough distance you're like okay she i i have confidence that she is maybe getting past this bumpy part yeah which is good uh yeah this song is so lush it's beautiful it's energetic and it's such and it's also nice to hear oh they, they can bring down the pace a little and still have something that is super listenable and engaging And then we take another tonal shift for the next song, which is called Second That. a completely different style of mashup where she's taking you know the title from the Smokey Robinson song I second that emotion and turning it into this different very different style that makes me think so much of the hands down best song of 2016 which is your best American girl by Mitski who I think is like a big influence on this record yeah I didn't hear it until you said it but yeah there is a they definitely live in that same universe and it is such a great like this expression of longing and this awareness that like, yeah, I, I long for something that I can't have and won't have and trying to come to peace with that and how hard that is for someone of any age, especially someone who is as young as she is. I love how stripped down the sound is that it's just this acoustic guitar and then these gentle, very atmospheric keyboards and that in an album that often gets pretty big and really polished. I, I like that there's this feeling of just the gu- guitar string squeaks and 
her voice allowed to shine in not an overwrought way, but the kind of very like singer songwriter, like, oh, someone could, I, I could totally imagine a solo artist playing this in a coffee shop and thinking like, oh, that person should go get a record contract. Yeah, her voice is so distinctive and versatile. Like she really pushes it in a lot of different ways on this record. And I, her, I'm just really impressed by her vocal talent. Yeah. And so after this, calm little pause we go back into uh, one of the again pretty hard rock songs on the album it's called cake It is so great to go back to the 90s with this (laughs) just completely unhinged and very, uh, again, I think very self-aware that it's this sense of being really outwardly angry. And yet in these lyrics, you get the sense of like, oh, yeah, like I it's the same thing, like I'm logging for connection and I'm kind of the problem. And (laughs) You get the sense like, yeah, maybe I need to work on these things. And just that great image of like, yeah, you maybe you wanted to get to know me. And then like you didn't want me to come in and just grab fistfuls of cake, which is such a great like seeming surface sense of like, yeah, you're reaching out, really grabbing life and enjoying it. But also like, yeah, being with someone like that might be a little exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. Also, structurally, this song is so strange that. Uh, it's basically just a first chorus, first chorus, but the two verses sound nothing alike. And I really like the second verse. In addition to the great lyrics bits, it has that kind of quieter sound. And then the guitar that seems just a little out of sync with everything that's going on and has this very unsettling but really cool melody. I like this song a lot. Yeah, it's so punk rock. And you can, I've, we've obviously never seen them perform, but Mia Baron came up with the name Pom Pom Squad in conjunction with performing dressed in like this very punk rock cheerleader outfit. And she talks about how putting on a cheerleader costume was kind of a, it was a way to get into a different character. And I believe her original field of study was acting and then she ended up forming a band. And so you really feel the, performance aspect especially in that second verse that we played that it's it's very uh theatrical yeah for sure so from this very hard rock song i we swing back for the next song we'll play uh and it's very much more towards the pop romantic side of things it's called forever
There are so many subtle girl group elements on the instrumentation here. And there's um, like, I don't know what you call it, but it's like a like there's a um, like a little drum, a little percussion noise. And then the be my baby drums. And yeah, then that the, bass, that bass drum. Yeah. And then the backing vocals, the kind of ooh, and then the strings throughout. It's she does a great job of I feel like this is the most kind of lifted right from the uh, Motown hits. And yet it, yeah, it does. It sounds completely modern. And I love that section where we hear this sort of verse chorus and then the beginning of the end of the song where almost all the instrumentation strips away and it's her voice and just kind of this wind and it feels very dramatic and I think totally appropriate again for this, notion of again this seems to be like oh come on don't you see that we're meant to be together Mm -hmm. to someone who is not on the same page yeah and so that sense of like being completely alone in the wilderness for a good 20 seconds before then the complete lush instrumentation and the strings all come in but that little section of like oh no this is not going to end well and then boom the huge sound is so beautiful and i love the just minor touch of that i'm yours forever and then i'm your forever slightly different but Mm -hmm. both have the very different meanings about sort of who's making what kind of commitment to whom and i love that subtle touch and then the fact that that same drum line is actually what wraps it up that just that we end with just that drum boom 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 and almost like a heartbeat a very uneven heartbeat but yeah it's it's a beautiful song, so romantic and sad. And uh, and again, her voice is really up to the challenge here on these tracks. I think this song is maybe the most de- uh, demonstrative of the really clean production that the Illuminati Hotties producer puts together. It's all of the songs, like uh, all of the instruments, like each of the strings you hear really clearly and everything just sounds really polished and shiny and her voice is so clear. And I love that kind of clean production style. Yeah, it is fantastic on both, the, you know, these yeah lush romantic songs and on the noisy songs. Even the noisy songs are very clean. And that cleanliness variety. And I think it's, you know, if, if I have one sort of, not complaint, but just like something about the album is like, it's almost too consistent thematically. Like these songs are just one after another of like, I love you, but we can't be together. And I love you and we can't it's be together. It's super different tone and well, exactly, and exactly. Style. It's yeah, exactly. So it's, it's hitting that consistent theme song after song, but like from each one, it's like looking from a different angle with uh-huh. different instruments. And, you know, it's, maybe not the most complicated but it is young love thwarted is very timeless for a reason and this is uh, a fantastic entry in that canon so we go from yeah this very romantic lush song back into the more rocky side of things with this next track it's called shame reactions
Yeah, whereas earlier on the album, we had that very 90s track here. I feel like we're almost going back to the 80s hair metal sound, which is totally appropriate when the first lyrics in the song are whiskey a go go, which I would associate with that sound. And it is a, I think, a nice exploration of a theme that's maybe probably the most unique on the album of not getting into like, oh, why, why do I keep getting into trouble and why am I you know, I long for things that I can't have and why do I keep screwing up? And this is really just staring herself in the face, like looking at her animal urges and instincts and like, oh, I want to be this just crazy out of control person. And it's a a fun exploration of, you know, that kind of internal conflict in a way that I both really enjoy and I feel sad. Like I wish she could be at peace with herself. So this is a good showcase of all of the rest of the members of the band because the drums on this are so fast and hard and just really, I, I really like the drums. So, uh, you know, the drummer is Shelby Keller, who also does other percussion. And then the lead guitar is Alex Mercury. And this is, I feel like, a very driving guitar that really stands out. And so I feel like this is the song that's least dominated by her vocals and most dominated by the instrument, the rest of the instrumentation. Yeah, not dominated by, but yeah, yeah. she for sure. Led by. Yeah, I mean, her, especially that end of the chorus where she just has that kind of very visceral kind of, you know, I, I, bratty has a, a bad connotation, but mm-hmm. it has that just kind of like I'm going to give into my demons kind of swagger. That's so in, so beguiling. And just I, I this song is a, such a blast. Well, and it's a very Kathleen Hanna kind of style, too, where her voice is kind of high. And I don't I never know like alto or soprano or whatever, but like whatever that high register is um, and, and kind of girly presenting. But you know it can take on a very angry like punk rock tone that's fantastic so yeah i think we go yeah from this standout rock track into you know a less rocky song with a fantastically rock title it's called drunk voicemail that's actually more rockin' than I remembered I guess after Shame Reactions I forgot like yeah this is a really perfect synthesis of you know sweet vocals but very loud noisy guitars and I think a style of music that's not super unique these days but a really good example of that approach I was gonna say as someone who was born in 1974 this hits all my sweet spots of 90s guitar rock with female singers that I loved from you know that era so it's it's a little bit throwbacky and it's maybe the the one that fits in least with i think the overall 
what she's trying to do with um, kind of melding the different styles of Motown and a more modern indie rock style. But it's it's a good song still. Yeah, it's a straight ahead rock tune. As I said, it feels the least kind of uniquely Pom Pom Squad, but it's a fantastic addition to the album. And again, I think it's almost like, hey, we can do a song that is not just our sound, but is more of a like, hey, we can sound like other people and knock it out of the park for this on this too. Yeah, if this was the only song that I heard that I had heard, I would not have guessed what the rest of the album sounds like. Although that's often a positive. Yeah, for sure. So I think from this as we come into the end of the album it's like oh it's getting really rocking and then we pivot back i think to uh harkening back to that sweet 60s sound and back to a more romantic vibe on the next track we'll play which is actually the last song it's called be good that this record is bookended at the beginning by the you know the be my or sorry the mr sandman vibraphones in just a little sketch and then this is the last real song there's a little sketch outro but it brings that sound forward into a full song and then with all of the lush strings and everything that we faded out on yeah also so as far as i know that instrumental section is the only horns on the record Mm -hmm. and it's a little kind of grace note on the record like yeah i can do even more crazy retro sounds and make it work and it is yes so sweet and sad and it is structurally a strange song where there's the really the closest thing to a chorus is just that be good and wait for me Mm -hmm. and that's repeated after these just stories of yeah, not connecting and maybe this other person is ghosting you and just being like oh, wait for me and it's it's really sad and I'm worried and yet yeah that existence of hope and longing even in a world that seems destined to disappoint her again the through line on the record and it is somehow not incredibly depressing (laughs) because these songs are so beautiful her voice is so pretty i think especially on this track she puts a little vibrato in that feels so rich and lived in it's yeah i i i think when i heard about this album getting some hype and like pom-pom squad and it seemed like such a gimmicky name Mm -hmm. and yeah there's a little bit of a kind of 
shtick in terms of like, oh, I'll wear the outfit and the album cover and some of the songs are explicitly about cheerleaders. And yet it really, I think it just sets a tone perfectly in a way that I didn't expect. And it's anything but gimmicky. And there's such fantastic musicianship, such a range of sounds on here. It's amazing. Yeah, and you know, she, Mia Barron has said in interviews that she was listening to a lot of 60s girl group music during the pandemic because of the way that it's just sort of isolated in time and space and it's very it really takes you out of the present moment if you want to escape your, you know, your current life. And the way that she's incorporated this into the modern rock sound could have come across as gimmicky or been too repetitive but the the way that she references that sound in so many different ways and with so many different uh puzzle pieces of you know modern rock styles i think is really effective and creative and i think it comes together much better than i would have expected if someone had just told me about this album without without my hearing it yeah i think it was you know, there's some albums where I'm, yes, let's absolutely do it. This one was I'm on first listen. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. And I'm so glad we went with it because that excuse to dive deep and really let these songs sink into our bones and into our brains a little and, and into our hearts. Like it's a very sweet, it's a very romantic <laughs> record. And huh? I really, I, I feel for her. And I just, I hope this, these crazy kids figure it out. <laughs> Well, she's only 23, so... Um, and she mentioned in a different interview that she had written a lot of this album or really kind of poly- finalized the songs during the pandemic where she had just moved in with her partner. So hopefully that is the beginning of a new chapter that does not end in heartbreak. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I feel like... I, yeah, She's let us into her soul a little on this record, <laughs> and I just, I want her to be happy. So let's let's all hope for that while enjoying this fantastic record that maybe came out of something a little less than happiness. So the last song we'll play is actually the penultimate track, and it's called This Couldn't Happen. And so we're going to go out with that. And you've been listening to For the Record, and we've been discussing Pom Pom Squad's debut album, Death of a Cheerleader. Thanks so much for listening. BFF.FM Podcast Network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.